Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Thursday morning. So our friends down south are taking a beating. Some of the video yesterday, uh, Jim Cantor getting blown down the street, hit by a tree, flooding everywhere. It's just not looking so good. And at at one point, I was looking at that radar, and that whole hurricane was literally on top of Florida. It's huge. So, I don't think they're going to be playing in Tampa Sunday night. What do you think? really don't think so either, but there's been no official decision made and probably won't be until later today or tomorrow. I think the NFL would really go overboard to have it in Tampa, but there's some things that are just impossible. A lot of it depends on the amount of damage in the area, amount of flooding in the area. That storm has moved beyond Tampa now. It's up in the southeastern part of the United States, but over and above all that, it's the damage that it left behind and what kind of a condition it serves. Can people even get there to the stadium? I think they'd be better off personally moving it to Minneapolis, but that's that's where it would be moved if it is to be moved. But we'll find out something probably later today or early tomorrow. Well, I think, uh, at least right now, two million plus without power, that's another big concern. How the hell are you going to power the thing? And are you going to direct power that people need? Uh, to a football stadium while other people don't have it. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll definitely find out. But it's still going to happen Sunday night no matter what. So that's the good thing. We don't have to change anything as far as Ned Talk. That's starting at 5 on Sunday. All right. The college football playoff committee has been meeting, and you know we've been talking about the addition of teams to the playoff picture. Probably not going to happen for a little bit, but you think it's going to happen sooner than later? There's no question about the fact that it will happen. The committee has already decided that 12 teams will be in the playoffs. It's now a matter of when. And the committee has been meeting and still continues to meet. Now, they had face-to-face meetings in yesterday in Chicago. Then they had to break up because all of these guys have athletic directorships or administration jobs or college presidents or whatever their duties happen to be. But they will continue to meet on Zoom calls and then have another live meeting on October 20th. Problem is this, the committee wants to begin the playoffs in 2024. But the contract, the playoff TV contract with ESPN as it stands now, is in effect until 2025. Now, do the folks at the four-letter network play ball and say, hey, go ahead, we'll, we'll uh, give you a little break here, a little payoff, but we'll give you a break. Do they do that, or can they get the schedules? It's not just the TV, but there are teams that have already scheduled games, and Missouri being one of them, right up until the 2030s. So there are those games. The way they have it planned is for the playoffs as a 12-team playoff to begin the first week in December and then to continue right on through so it's not a terrible disruption in the schedule. The championship would be on or around where they have it now. But what bowl games are going to be involved, how the schedule breakdown is going to be involved, there are all sorts of uh, little contract circumstances and money that has to be divvied out. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of people that want to be on those bowl games going uh, forward for those uh, playoff games. I guarantee you that. But that'll be nice because it's great competition through the month of December, um, and I think it'll be uh, really cool to see if them actually get it done because – Four teams is not enough. Um, so, Springfield Sports Hall of Fame ceremony has something going on uh, next Tuesday. We are right? next Tuesday night, and we're out of the Oasis. I say we because I'm a member of the, the committee of 
individuals who put together the 36th annual Springfield Sports Hall of Fame. This is a charity event. The monies accrued from this event all go to area youth agencies and the purchase of sports equipment. We've done so now for 36 years and done it with great success. The event involves just area athletes, and we have some really stellar individuals. This year's class is especially noteworthy, in my opinion. It will include the Olympic silver medalist from uh, 2021, Courtney Frerichs from Nixa. She's going to come back for a short time. She's still in training. She's heading for the 2024 Games in Paris in an event that is not exactly a headline event, the steeplechase. But, oh, my, you talk about a grueling physical challenge. That is it. She'll be inducted. Dr. Brian Mahaffey, who is now a team physician with the St. Louis Cardinals, Great Bears player, big-time slugger for the Bears, and has gone on to a medical career. Still maintains a residence and family back here in Springfield, but Dr. Mahaffey is going on. A guy named Daryl Smith, who has been just a just an exemplary individual out of Springfield Hillcrest and, very briefly, Missouri State University. Boxer, champion boxer in the Army, and now devotes his time to helping kids to get better with uh, Coach Smitty's agency over on Scenic Avenue. It's, it's a terrific circumstance. Jim Wynn, who is the very first ever area baseball player, area baseball player, to be taken in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft, which he was for the Pirates in 1982. We've had other players from here taken in the draft in the first round, but they've been college players from St. Louis or yeah. whatever. Jim Wynn is the only one to date from here. He'll be there. Uh, the soccer player from Springfield, Kickapoo, I think he was there before you were, Jack Jewsbury. No, he, no. come to think of it, he may have been after you, or in and around No, let's not date. Come on, let's not, get in, let's not get into details. Don't let's not date me too much. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be Danny. <laughs> Jack's still a young guy and played pro soccer, did very well. Dan Cashel, the longtime sports information director from Drury, and the Greenwood football program. There are many of the newcomers in the area who don't realize that Greenwood played football, and they did so at a championship level. We're taking in the early 1980s teams, which had state championship runs under Paul Mullins, and Coach Mullins will be there big time, and that's next Tuesday at the Oasis, starting at 5 o'clock. Ned, Joe, and the rest of the B team are in a text uh, room, I guess is what you call it. I don't know what the kids call it these days, but we can text each other, and Last night, Joe just sends out history. I'm like, come on, Yankee fan. But he did pull it off. The judge hit 61 yesterday. Well, it ties It ties it. Now, he's probably going to break it as well. But, yeah, Aaron Judge hit number 61, hit against the Toronto Blue Jays in an 8-3 Yankees victory. You knew eventually he was going to do it. He's just too good a hitter not to. And he is a solid hitter. I'll tell you something that I found to be very interesting in looking back. When I was a kid growing up in Babe Ruth, had the 60 home runs in 1927. That was a golden mark, never to be touched. It was sacred in all of sports history. When Roger Maris broke that record in 61, Roger Maris got a lot of hate mail because of the old timers who didn't want to see Babe Ruth's record broken. Babe Ruth's record had stood for 34 years. Folks, 34 years is nothing. Roger Maris' record that Aaron Judge tied last night has stood for 61 years. That's how difficult this feat is. You don't take it lightly. What Judge did is a big, big, big time level of hitting. Now, Barry Bonds had 73 in 2001, but 
kind of threw that out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron we don't Judge. need to go down that road. No, Aaron right, Judge well. with 61, 61 home runs, ties the record, and he probably will break it somewhere along the line. Well, despite what Joe would have you think, there was actually more baseball than the Yankees playing yesterday. Cardinals and Royals got to play as well. Cardinals lost by a score of 5-1 to the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, at this point, it doesn't make any difference. Cardinals are in the playoffs, but it does make a difference to the Brewers. As of now, as while we sit here talking at this moment, if the playoffs were to begin today, and they do begin Friday, next Friday, not tomorrow, but next Friday, the Cardinals would play the Phillies. That's as of now. The Brewers are only a half a game back of the Phillies, and that half a game will be obviously made up because they all have the equal number. The Cardinals lose their game 5-1 to the Brewers. That series is finished now, maybe. Because if the Phillies don't get it in there, it's the Brewers who will, and the Cardinals would play the Brewers again. All right. Detroit and Kansas City. Detroit wins their game 2-1. to one. Their series is over now for the year. You think the Cardinals need to uh, face off in Milwaukee or the Phillies? I think probably if they played Philadelphia, it would be better for them because they've seen the Brewers, and the Brewers know they can beat the Cardinals on occasion. The Phillies only played, what, I think six games this year with them, and Philadelphia's in a dreadful slump at the moment. All right, hopefully they can hold on at least for St. Louis. Um, and uh, speaking of which, we don't, we won't, we really won't know the playoff schedule like you said yesterday and probably till Wednesday just because of how close a lot of places are across the, the, the league. The opponents, yes, but we do know that all four games that are scheduled in the first round, all of them will start on Friday. And that means Ned will be doing some training himself while baseball is happening, mm-hmm. my man. All right, speaking of which, though, we do have baseball in town this weekend, don't we? We do indeed. We have the benefit games coming up on Saturday. Starts at 1 o'clock at Hammonds Field in downtown Springfield. This is the Battle for Bell. It's a benefit for the ALS unit at Cox South. And that is the only one, the only ALS unit for the entire four-state area. This is a very big deal and a big benefit. Tickets are only $5. Come on, anybody can afford that. First game matches Evangel against Baptist Bible College. That'll be at 1 o'clock. The second game, which starts at 6.30, is Missouri State versus Drury. They have played every year since Battle for Bell was established in 2013. It's a great series. Two very good teams. Drury's Division II, Bears are Division One, but folks... Makes no difference. Drury is a class baseball program. So is Keith Gutton's Missouri State Bears. They all have intertwining. The coach of Drury, Scott Nasby, was a bear when he played. The uh, uh, Bell, Howard Bell, for whom the whole benefit is named, was a Bears player who had great baseball contacts around the area and was an iconic coach. Passed from the ravages of a myotrophic lateral sclerosis in 2013 and that's the benefit that's coming up it's all saturday should be a lot of fun if i pick you up and give you a ride will you buy my ticket well, I'll buy your ticket already. Right. <laughs> I'll buy your ticket right now. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow.